This is the Action Network Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another golf edition of the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Amanda Rose, and for Jason Sobel, he has the week off, I guess, just, you know, to play more golf. And I am joined by Justin Ray of the 21st Group. Before we get into this year's 3M Open at TPC Twin Cities, let's take a minute to touch on the Open and the Barbasol. Give me one note from each. Look, Colin Morikawa... The start to his major championship career is an endless fountain of just, you know, things you can dig into historically. He's the first player in the history of the men's game to win his debut in two different major championships. He's the first guy to win twice in his first eight major starts since Bobby Jones. And the majors weren't even defined the same way when Bobby Jones played. The list keeps going on and on and on. He's come from behind to win each of his two majors. The only other two guys to do that twice in majors before 25 are Bobby Jones and Jack Nicklaus. Like, he's the youngest guy to come from behind to win the Open since Sebi Ballesteros. You can keep going. It's just more and more and more. It's, it was uh, – anytime you get some kind of youthful, uh, amazing performance like Collins, it's kind of an endless – resource of things for me to look into and in, in what I do for a living. But, um, you know, I love that the Barbasol, on the other hand, six hole playoffs. So now we've had playoffs of eight, six and five holes this season. Crazy. Right. Um, but Seamus power, the definition of a trending player that capitalized yeah. on, on a big run, right. Um, consecutive, I think it was five straight now top 20 finishes and kind of a steady climb, um, into what he did and breaking through and getting a win. And, Seamus Power, I gotta, I gotta say this: Is there a better name in golf? No, Seamus. It's like an no, Irish. Story. There is Dicky Pride, the pride of Alabama. Yeah, Dicky Pride, solid. That's, I mean, look, it's no NASCAR Dick Trickle, but it's, it's yeah. close up there. Yeah, but I mean, uh, a great performance by him and another uh, exciting playoff. If you can, if you didn't have enough golf from the hundred fifty thousand hours of televised yeah. golf you got to enjoy with the Open Championship, just it was a great week and uh, a fitting kind of a fitting bookend, right, to this crazy seven men's majors in 11 months we had. Um, yeah. With Colin winning the first one in that stretch at Harding Park and now getting that second major championship. Yeah, it is crazy to think about. So let's get into this tournament this week. We have the 3M Open. Third year it's been on the schedule. It had replaced the Greenbrier. Let's take a look at the odds board from our friends at BetMGM. You have Dustin Johnson plus 750, Louis Tazen 14 to 1, Finau 14 to 1, Patrick Reed 18 to 1, Bubba Watson 30 to 1. First five guys. But you know what? You know what's really interesting here? Also at 30 to 1, Cameron Tringali, Matt Wolf. And Sergio Garcia. Now, is that is that like not the weirdest three, four guys to be tied at 30 to one? I mean, like, I get it. It's not a great field this week. I mean, you know, there's a lot of smaller names in the field this week. So, you know, obviously Sergio Garcia is going to be right up there. That's yeah. a given. Bubba's going to be up there. That's a given. But Matt Wolf, I know he's a past champ, but given his recent form and then Cameron Tringali all the way up at 30 to one. I mean, come on. It's, it's an interesting collection when you look at those three names. Like Tringali is a guy who analytically very consistent this season, has put together some pretty high finishes, but of course has never won on the PGA Tour. You put that next to a guy like Matt Wolf, who has seen the very top early on in his career, winning this tournament a couple of years ago. And what was a really underrated 
we don't talk about that finish enough. I don't think where yeah. Wolf makes the Eagle Morikawa and uh, Bryson finishing T2 kind of a, Bryson yeah, face. yeah, the face, the reaction. We remember the meme, right. But, but there was really intense coming down the stretch. And you think about kind of a little changing of the guard there. And then you got a guy like Sergio Garcia, obviously a veteran who's won all over the world. How engaged is he in this event coming off a major championship? You don't know. Um, just three really interesting, a nice dichotomy there of names going uh, all in that 30 to one group. Um, you know, the top of the board too. Um, the first two names are the most, two of the most compelling, you know, in the field for me, um, Dustin Johnson, you know, rightfully so at the top of the board, but you know, how invested is that guy going to be this week? You know, how, how coming off of a major championship playoffs around the corner, yeah, you know, yeah. how, how fired up is he for, for the three M open? How focused is he going to be? Obviously played great at the open championship, had another high finish mm-hmm. um, ball striking looked like it had been better than it has been the last couple of months. Um, and then Louis coming off of the heartbreak, right? You know, he's got five top tens around the world this year and three are in major championships. <laughs> and they were all top five. So um, he's, he's really interesting to keep an eye on this week. I really hope he stays in the field and plays because he's going to be an interesting watch as, you know, he always is at the majors, but he'll be, he'll be especially captivating. I think this week coming off the heartbreak. Uh, yeah. and this week we're at TPC twin cities, par 71, a little over 7,400 yards, bent grass greens. Now the greens are going to be a lot different this week, a lot less undulation. Justin, tell me a little bit more about this course. Yeah. A lot of water hazards. That's the one thing you're going to notice mm-hmm. visually. Um, Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes, right? So that kind of makes sense. Uh, the two winners here, Matt Wolf and Michael Thompson, they each ranked fourth and second, respectively, in strokes gained approach that week. Mm-hmm. Off the tee, they were a little bit outside the top 20, so you want to say approach play is going to be a little bit more significant. The key yardage range on this golf course, when you look at it, it's going to be approach shots from 175 to 200. In uh, 2019 and 2020, or excuse me, yeah, 19 and 2020, there were more than 2,700 approach shots hit in that range, the second most of any golf course in that span on the PGA Tour. So if you're looking for some value a little bit down the board, that may be a, a statistic you keep an eye on is approach proximity from 175 to 200. In 2019, I mentioned Colin Morikawa, our champion golf of the year, missed the playoff by one shot. He was the best in the field from that range by five full feet. So um, something to keep an eye on. You mentioned the greens being very different. Obviously, not a lot of similarities between yeah. Royal St. George's and TPC Twin Cities. Um, they're going to be a little bit faster, obviously not as much undulation. So it's going to be a different style of, uh, of putting ability that's going to be rewarded this week. So, um, yeah, interesting, an interesting way to come off of a major championship, right? Yeah. Look very different than what we saw at Royal St. George's. Yeah, I'm wondering if the guys who played in the Barbasol last week, if they might have a leg up on some of the guys coming over, especially the guys that aren't great putters like Tony Finau, like – I don't know whoever else isn't a great putter that's coming over from you yeah. know, Royal St. George's. So I think that'll be interesting to see if the guys who just played the Barbasol, I know not bent greens, but still there's going to be, you know, they're rolling around 12, whatever, but you know, over in England, they're running around 10 and there was no wins. There's so. gotta be an adjustment period. Right. Yeah. And you think that some of the guys who are coming over, it's going to be a little bit of a later arrival than normal when you've got to come across the Atlantic, mm-hmm. um, maybe not as much time to prep. You got to rest and recover. Um, yeah, I think that maybe something you look at, especially when you're considering maybe a first round leader or a 36 hole uh, leader bet, um, something to consider. Definitely, you look at the guys who maybe putted really well at Barbasol or you know had a high finish in Kentucky last week over some of the guys who were coming over from the Open. I think it's a great point. Yeah, so let's let's talk about some of the other um, guys up here at the top of the board. We talked we touched on the top um, six or seven there. Cam Davis at thirty five to one with Grio, Robbie McIntyre. I mean, the first time I heard of Robbie McIntyre was when I was over at Portrush 
um, in 2019 and I saw this kid play and I was like, damn, he's going to be good. And then, you know, he did it again this year at St. Anne or excuse me at uh, Royal St. George's. So I think um, I don't love those odds for him here in the U S but I do like him for maybe a prop bet. Like I like him a lot for a top 20, a top 30. What are you thinking with a guy like Robbie McIntyre? So he's, he's really interesting. And I, I agree with you. I mean, he's obviously incredibly skilled, ton of great finishes on the European tour. Love the left-handed style. Love, I mean, I thought my favorite stat for Robert McIntyre now, he's played the Open twice. He has two top tens. He has as many top ten finishes in the Open Championship as fellow Scott Colin Montgomery had in his whole career. <laughs> Crazy to think about. His great career as Montgomery had. He wasn't very great. He wasn't terrific in the Open throughout it. He's already matched him. The Scott, you know, so the Scots have a new favorite son. Um, he's an interesting name. I'm probably – Kind of with you, I, I, I'm going to lean away from him this week because you just haven't seen a lot of him in the United States. But I love that he's coming over here and getting a little bit more exposure. Um, you can tell that he's a guy who probably sees himself on the world stage in a different light as he, than he did maybe 18, 24 months ago. So hopefully we can see more of him in the United States because he's a really interesting player. You mentioned Emiliano Grillo. Now, he has the second most birdies or better in this event of anyone over the last two years. Um, finished 12th at the Open Championship, played really well. I think he benefited from kind of the – look, he always has great ball striking numbers, right? We always talk about how good his iron play is and maybe the slower greens over at Royal um, St. George's. I keep wanting to say Portrush after you did. I know, I'm sorry. St. George's, maybe, maybe it neutralized it a little bit and made him a little more comfortable on the greens. But he does have a little bit of success here in the past. I mentioned all the birdies he's had. So at 3,500, that's a steep number for a win. But I kind of like Grio to top 10. He might be a guy you have on my board. And another guy who we've talked about a lot in recent weeks because he's had a lot of success in Europe, but Lucas Herbert, disappointing mm-hmm. finish at the Open. I know, I know. Um, I know you were high on him, uh, especially the Scottish Open when he played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, he won. He's finished fourth in, his, in the previous two weeks before that Open Championship. I thought this was interesting. Fifth consecutive week that he's playing worldwide. He's gone United States, Ireland, Scotland, England, back to the United States. Dude's got to be running on fumes. Now, yeah. I know he got- Got, he got the weekend off of the open, not what he wanted, not the rest he wanted, <laughs> but maybe maybe he used that to recover. So in that uh, kind of upper tier, uh, not quite at the very top, those are some names that I'm interested in. Yeah, and then so we're going to go down just a little bit farther. A guy I really, really like this week is Hank Lebiota. He's 50 to 1. He's right there next to Lucas Herbert. Ricky Fowler's there too. Yeah, Maverick McNeely. But at that 50 to 1 number – He's my favorite guy. I like Hank Lebiota. Three top tens in his last three starts. He's playing so well right now. It's so hard to fade him. I think he's a good value, even with shorter odds than he normally would be. I still think he's a good value this week. I like that. I'm going to go a little bit off uh, from Hank Lebiota and go with another guy who's he's always our kind of statistical darling. He was, at, you know, he played really well at the Players' Championship. He's coming off of a top 20 finish at the John Deere Classic. That was his last start. Doug Gim at 50 to 1. I mentioned that statistic of proximity to the hole from 175 to 200. How many iron shots we're going to see this week? Number one on the PGA Tour in proximity from 175 to 200, Mr. Doug Gim. So 50 to 1 is a little bit slighter odds than we normally think, but I'm, I really like Doug, and I'm going to have him for a top 10 or a top 20 play. My favorite play on the, on the board, though, a guy who came out of nowhere – at the open championship to play really well. He had missed yeah. eight out of 10 cuts, 12 out of 16. I know, you know, the guy I'm going with mm-hmm. like terrific Dylan Fratelli. Yeah. At one. I think this is interesting. A lot gets made of the newfound distance he's found in his game. Mm-hmm. He's added 
I don't know, eight to 10, maybe even more yards on his driving distance this season. But his two best performances of the whole year have been at Royal St. George's and Austin Country Club. Yeah. Two places that don't reward more distance at all. So, and, if he, is- and he remember he led or whatever. He was in the top five or whatever in November at the Masters because I had a top yeah. 20 after the first round bet on him. And that hit like, yeah. you know, with flying colors. And I was like, great. I need a bigger pair of balls to so just bet the, <laughs> you know, the crazy stuff. Among the leaders in birdies are better at the three of open the last two years. I mean, he's, he's got some good yeah, numbers yeah. here. Previous appearances. I really like that value for him, especially yeah. how well he played last week. I figure he's, he's kind of, he's kind of kicked aside the form that, uh, that had him miss eight out of 10 cuts. He made a really interesting comment for the open championship. You don't normally hear from professional golfers at this level. He said, I recently got out of a relationship. I think that's going to help me, which I thought was crazy. Cause then what's his ex-girlfriend thinking, seeing him nearly win the open championship right after that. So um, I thought that was just an interesting kind of throwaway line, but adding to the narrative for, for Dylan. So he's interesting. And then a little bit further down the board, a guy who got the, uh, the instant promotion from winning on the web.com, web.com corn fairy tour apologies <laughs> to corn fairy. I called it the nationwide tour the other day. I'm not. And then I said web and I then I said corn fairy. Eventually I've got a Ben Hogan tour mug that I've had. Do you? I do. Yes. It was my dad's and I still have it. Um, Nito Pereira stuff to like complete <laughs> Nito the... Pereira, a guy who uh, Jason was Jason Sobel was really mm-hmm. high on a couple of weeks ago tied for 35th at the John Deere but tied for fifth last week at Barbasol he was fourth yeah, in strokes gained tee to green in Kentucky at the Barbasol championship statistically did everything really well he's a guy who's interesting yeah. to me too all right so let's move a little bit further down uh the board here um well not that much farther but a little bit farther adam hadwin at 80 to 1 now he is in the top 10 strokes gained in the last like three years at this event he's been play he's played this event really well 80 to 1 adam hadwin all the way down there does that kind of surprise you in this kind of field yeah a little bit and he hasn't played terrific this year but if you're someone who adheres more to the horses for courses theory and we've got good eight rounds here for Adam Hadwin. You know, he, like you said, he's among some of the statistical leaders since they started the tournament here. But I think that's probably a reaction more so based on a little bit of his recent form. Um, Yeah. That, that is kind of surprising. Another guy, see he's Adam Hadwin's right there with uh, Mito Pereira, the guy just one. So yeah, I would expect him to be a little bit higher in a field like this. Another guy who's got immediate name recognition and is even lower on the board. Matt Kuchar is a hundred to one. I saw um, that. Yeah. I kind of, I, you know, it's kind of like the way, the way, uh, the place we've been seeing a guy like Hendrick Stenson recently, where you see that name in some of the mm-hmm. fields he's in at that number. And it's a little bit jarring, but um, yeah, that might be, that might be an interesting name to take a little bit of a flyer on in a season where we've seen a lot of veteran yeah. players break through and play well. How about at a hundred to one too? Troy Merritt, a guy almost. Yeah. Won. I was just about to say. I think there's some value in that. Even though he that. did miss his cut in his last start, he did miss the cut at the John Deere. Yeah, but, but he has been playing really well. Yeah, that, that you're gonna a guy, a veteran player of that caliber, you're gonna have a week here or there coming yeah. off of a really successful week where where he doesn't have it. So, um, yeah, those are another couple guys who are really interesting. I, the guy I want to talk about is a little bit when we get to our long shot pick is someone who I think that statistically is really interesting. See, we're, I mean, we're going down the board pretty quick here, but the, the, one of the numbers that always surprises me is Rafa Cabrero Bayo. He's always in like triple digit odds. I don't totally understand. He's 125 to one to win. Granted, I know he's not going to win this week, but he's a guy that consistently makes cuts. He's consistently finishing top 40, top 30, whatever. 
I, I don't t- love that. I don't love hit like that. He's getting disrespected like this, but also I do because you know, it, it adds for him having such long odds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at his numbers right now. Missed four of his last six cuts, but you're right. This tendency to pop up and have big weeks. He might be somebody you consider to fill out maybe the back of your DFS lineup. Yeah. And, and um, who are some other guys you like around this number? So going down a little bit further, um, I've, I've talked about the significance of that approach proximity from 175 to 200. Um, a guy finished tied for 15th last week at the Barbasol Championship. Josh Teeter is 200 Ooh. to 1. He's third on the PGA Tour from that range. I think there's some value there in him for a top 20 play. Um, so that's somebody who I, you know, kind of kind of leaning towards if you get a little bit further down the board. And then, you know, Austin Eckroat is, is a really high ceiling guy. I think he's another year away probably from being somebody who consistently contends on the PGA tour, but he's another one of those guys from Oklahoma state where he's going to be, he's going to pop up on a leaderboard eventually. And you're going to wish that you had some action on him. So um, he's another guy to keep an eye on going into the week. This is action network podcast producer, Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new signup offer for our listeners a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. All right, Justin, I think it's that time, that time for us to make our DFS lineup. Let's do it. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him. And you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. I'm going to let you start. I know I normally start, but I'm going to let you start. This is unprecedented. I know. I'm going to make the first pick. That's unbelievable. Well, so I, I tend to want to, I kind of build from the bottom up when I make my own daily fantasy lineups. I like to go find the value first. So I'm going to go with a guy I mentioned right there at the end. I think he's an incredible value this week at 6,400. Uh, like I mentioned, tied for 15th of the Barbasol, excels in that proximity from 175 to 200 stat I talked about. Josh Teeter at 6,400 is where I'm going to start. I think he's a lock to make the cut. What do you got, Amanda? You know, it's funny. I like the the Teeter pick. Um, I was actually a standard bearer for him when I was like 15, 16. I guess it was the AT&T National. So I... I, I I, I love seeing him, you know, getting starts on the big tour. Uh, it makes yeah, me sure. very happy. He's been around the game for a very, very long time. I'm going to go with a guy who 
has just been surprising me nonstop this year. And that's Stuart Sink for 8700 Yeah, it's a little pricey for old Sturt. But, I mean, come on. He's been playing so well. He has two wins on this wraparound season. He played okay last week in Scotland or in England. So, I, I, like, I like Stuart Sink. Yeah, got off to a good start. You know, he was in the mix for there for a little while at the Open Championship. A couple victories. Interested to see how he can go. I think that's a high ceiling type pick. I like that. 8700 a little pricey, but we've got the money to spend so far. Um, I'm going to save us a little more, too. I'm really high on this 175 to 200 statistic. I just think you're going to see a lot of approach shots from that range. And Doug Gim does a lot of things well other than that, too. So uh, top 20 finishes last start of the John Deere. Just 7900 I think that's a good number. For Doug Gim, let's add him to the team. We've got 27000 left for three more players. I mean, that, actually, that leaves us some decent money here. Yeah, of course. I'm going to go with a guy um, I mentioned earlier, um, and that was Adam Hadwin. He is 7200 on DraftKings, where we get – all of our DFS pricing from, um, I, you know, he only has two top tens on the season. He's 14 for 25 cuts made, but I, he has good stats at this course. I think that this is a good uh, week for him. And they're so far North, they're basically in Canada. eh? So, you know, I think it just kind of goes well together <laughs> and stuff. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Why not? You know, closer to home, sort of, you know, why not a little further North? I like it. Uh, so we've got 9,900 per player left. Plenty of money to spend. I'll go with the guy who should have won this golf tournament last year. He had a great week at the Open Championship. Um, I was high on him going into the Open because of his past performance on Lynx golf courses. Um, he's got to break through and win eventually, right? It's going to happen at some point. I know we probably said that about Louis Ustazen about halfway through the Open Championship too, though. But um, Tony Finau at 10-7, at that's, that's going to be my pick. Um, we've got the money to spend here left over. The ceiling there, obviously, is a victory. He's going to make a ton of birdies, and he played really well at the Open last week. So uh, going to go with Tony Finau. That leaves you with 9,100, my friend. Wow. That le- I mean, that does leave me with a lot of money. Um, not going to spend it well. <laughs> I know better. You know what? I'm going to go with Patton Kizire, 8,600. He's someone he's in the same price range as uh, Hank Lebiota. He's someone that I also like, I made a note of Hank and I made a note of Patton to bet them uh, this week. So I'm going to go with him for DFS. Decent price. We have money left over. He has two top tens in his last two starts. Uh, I just, I like how he's playing and, you know, we've seen him play really well in the past. I think he's getting his, his form back and I'm excited to see him continue to play well. Yeah. 11th of John Deere. He had a couple of top three finishes earlier in the season. Back Sorry, in, that's what I meant. Right before the summer start. Yeah. You said top 10, but you know, 11, one spot off. You're good. No worries. I'm just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play in teacher here correcting no i genuinely i i couldn't remember it's okay it's all good um you know i'm with you i think that's a good pick um a guy who's you know got a handful of top tens all over the pga tour this season so and you always want to leave a little bit of money on the table right means you're going to have a little bit of a diversified portfolio going against everybody else so 500 left in the bank josh teeter Stuart sink doug gim adam hadwin tony finau pat gazire book it book it All right, Justin, I think that is it for the golf edition of the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm Amanda Rose for Justin Ray. Good luck this week. We'll see you on Wednesday for the Gimme. 